Good afternoon and welcome to the Word Encounter episode 30. We left off in Numbers chapter 25 and so we're going to go to Numbers chapter 26. Let's get started. <clears throat> Verse 1, after the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, take a census of the entire Israelite community by their ancestral fa uh, families of those 20 years old or more who can serve in Israel's army. And so if you remember before, it was about 40 years ago, they did the first census. And so now they're doing another census. And in verse 51, it says the registered uh, Israelite men numbered 601,730. And so if we go back to the first census about 40 years ago, it was uh, 603,550. So we see that even though People had been dying off. In fact, everybody, for the most part, had died off as they wandered 40 years in the desert. As the Lord told them that would happen because of their sin, their numbers remained relatively constant. And so their numbers were replenished, even though the previous generation had died off. We see in verse 63, these were the ones registered by Moses and the priest Eleazar when they registered the Israelites on the plains of the Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. Uh, verse 64, but among them, there was not one of those who had been registered by Moses and the priest Aaron when they registered their Israelites in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said to them that they would all die in the wilderness. None of them was left except Caleb and Joshua. And so everybody else had died off. But again, the numbers had been replenished. <clears throat> in chapter 27, uh, we see that the Lord is now setting up uh, his succession to Moses. And verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, go up this mountain uh, of the Abiram range and see the land I have given the Israelites. And so he's saying, go up to the mountain and look over this range and you will see the promised land. You will not enter it because you sinned against me at the waters when you struck the rock instead of spoke uh, to the rock but I will let you see it. In verse 13, after you have seen it, you will also be gathered to your people. And so he's telling Moses that after you've seen this land that I promised, then you will be gathered to your people. You will die. In verse 15, so Moses appealed to the Lord. Now, what did Moses appeal to the Lord about? His life? Mm, no. Verse 16, may the Lord, the God who gives breath to all, appoint a man over the community who will go out before them and come back in before them and who will bring them out and bring them in so that the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. And so Moses is still concerned about the people, even though they ticked him off, even though they kept rebelling against him, even though they kept rebelling against the Lord, he is still their advocate. He is still in there advocating for his people. In verse 18, the Lord replied to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him. Have him stand before the priest Eleazar and the whole community and commission him in their sight. Confer some of your authority on him so that the entire Israelite community will obey him. Stand Joshua before all the people and essentially transfer your mantle. Uh, take your mantle off of yourself and give it to Joshua in the sight of all the people so that there's no confusion about the succession or, or you know, who's going to lead and guide or whatever. Do this in front of all the witnesses. It's just a reminder. You know, whenever you do things in secret, uh, things don't don't seem to work out as well as we, when you do things in the open. And so do it in the open, have no secrets, and move forward. In chapter 28, uh, 
the Lord is uh, 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 prescribing and defining all of the types of offerings that the people are to make before him and how frequently, what to do, what animals to sacrifice, how, you know, and so, I mean, you got daily offerings, Sabbath offerings, monthly offerings, Passover offerings, festival of week offerings, you know, you have trumpet offerings, you have day of atonement offerings, they're all kind of offerings. And so, and each one has a, a specific way that it is to be executed. And so the Lord is defining for the people, you know, how to go about doing that. Okay. And so uh, one of the things that I'm reminded about in the Old Testament is that um, all aspects of life have to be defined for the people. It's like the people are a pack of dogs and they don't know how to live. They, and so the Lord is defining everything, making nothing ambiguous. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this, making everything very clear. And so when the people get the instructions on how to do things, on how to do things, now the only decision is whether or not they're going to do them. It's not that they don't know how. It's just whether they're going to be uh, obedient or not. And so in verse or in chapter 30, we go on and the Lord talks, the book talks about uh, the, the word talks about vows. And uh, Moses told the leaders uh, of Israel, of the Israelite tribes, this is what the Lord has commanded. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to put himself under an obligation, he must not break his word. He must do whatever he has promised. When we talk about vows, vows are voluntary. Nobody's forcing you to make a vow. You decide of your own volition whether or not you're going to make a vow. But if you do so, follow through. You know, do not just say stuff to placate people or whatever. If you say something, if it comes out of your mouth, follow through. And so we'll see this is very important as we go through the word and in the New Testament and whatnot. But watch what comes out of your mouth. You know, watch over what comes out of your mouth. You know, the word says that God watches over his word to perform it. So God's very careful about what comes out of his mouth because he's bound to it. And so we need to be bound to our word and what we say and follow through. And so because, again, it's voluntary. We don't have to. So let's go on to um, chapter 31, and we see here that, uh, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, execute vengeance on the Israelites against the Midianites, after that you will be gathered to your people. So what did the Midianites do? And so it was the Midianites who seduced Israel to worship Baal. And so... uh, and so the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. We have to execute vengeance on, on these people because they led you astray. They have to pay for what they did. In verse four, it says, send 1000 men to war for each Israelite from each Israelite tribe. So there are 12,000 men going to war. In verse seven, they waged war against Midian as the Lord had commanded Moses and killed every male among the others uh, slain by them, they killed the Midianite kings. There were five Midianite kings. And so they killed all the kings uh, as well. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. Now, remember, Balaam was the prophet that Balak went to in order to curse the Israelites. And so, but Balak didn't do it. And he said, well, well, why was Balak killed? What was his sin? We'll get to that in a second. In verse 9, the Israelites took the Midianite went the Midianite women and their um, and their dependents captives, and they plundered all their cattle, flocks, uh, yeah, flocks and property. So they took all the women and children and all animals, and they killed everything else. Verse fourteen. But Moses became furious with the officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, who were returning from the military campaign. Verse fifteen. Have you let every female live? So he's mad because they let the females live. Yet they are the ones 
who, at Balaam's advice, incited the Israelites to unfaithfulness against the Lord in the PR incident. And so it was at Balaam's advice that they seduced the Israelites to worship Baal at Peor, so that the Lord, so that the plague came against the Lord's community. And so in response, God sent a plague. And so a lot of Israelites died. Verse 17. So now kill every male among the dependents. It's like kill all the male children and every female who has gone to bed with a man. But keep alive for yourselves all the young females who have not gone to bed with a man. So keep the virgins, kill all the other ones because they were involved in seducing the people because a part of, 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 of Baal worship, I guess, was sexual activity and, and whatnot. And so the Lord is saying, get rid of those folks. Now, the male children, I, I don't know. I don't know. Verse 25, the Lord told Moses, you, the priest, um, uh, yeah, you, the priest Eleazar and the family heads of the community are to take account of what was captured, people and animals, then divide the captives between the troops who went out to war and the entire community. And so remember, we're talking about a war. We're not talking about small potatoes here. Let's look at some of these numbers. Verse 31. So Moses and the priest Eleazar did it. The Lord commanded Moses, the captives remaining from plunder, uh, the army had taken total 675,000 sheep and goats, 72,000 cattle, uh, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 people, all the women who had not gone to bed with a man. I mean, this is a huge thing. This is not some small thing. But there was a miracle that occurred in this battle. If we go over to verse 39, your servants have, this is, these are the uh, commanders talking to Moses. Your servants have taken a census of the fighting men under our command, and not one of us is missing. Not one was missing. So not one was killed. Everybody else got wiped out, but not one Israelite soldier was killed. They recognized that that was a miracle. Let's go on to chapter 32. <clears throat> the Reubenites and Gadites had a very uh, large number of livestock. So they had a large number of animals. In verse 3, um, they had these territories on one side of the Jordan. And so they are about to cross over the Jordan to, to capture inheritance. But the Reubenites and Gadites didn't want to go across because they wanted the land that was on the side of the Jordan that they were already on because the land was good for livestock. And so they told Moses this. And, and so then Moses said, should your brothers go to war while you stay here? Why are you discouraging the Israelites from crossing into the land the Lord has given, given them? Now, remember, in the incident with regard to them sending out the, the, the scouts and whatnot, and they looked over the land to see what was good and, 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 and what was not good. And, 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 and so they came back with a bad report. And that bad report discouraged the people. And so Moses is saying this is essentially the same thing. You know, this is going to discourage the people. You have a responsibility here. You can't just do whatever you want to do. And then in verse 16, but they approached him and said, we want to build sheep pens here for our livestock and cities for our dependents. But we will arm ourselves and be ready to go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them into their place. We will not return to our homes until each of the Israelites has taken possession of his inheritance. So their brothers are saying, look, we want this land on this side of the Jordan, but we're going to go over. We're going to cross the Jordan with our brothers and we are going to fight and we will not return home on the other side of the Jordan or back to the other side until all of our brothers have their inherited land. <clears throat> 
In verse 20, Moses replied to them, if you do this, if you arm yourselves for battle before the Lord, and if every one of uh, your armed men crosses the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies from his presence, and the land is subdued before the Lord, afterward you may return and be free from the obligation to the Lord and to Israel, and this land will belong to you as a possession before the Lord. And so Moses said, if you do everything you say you're doing, we're golden, we're good. But if you don't, then he lists some things that will happen to them if they don't. But, you know, they end up doing it. And so um, we go on to chapter 33. And and so in chapter 33, um, uh, Moses recounts all of the things that had happened during the 40 years of of travel in the wilderness. And um, so he's telling the Israelites this. He's telling them a story about the whole history uh, and bringing them to the present time as they're, you know, about to cross over. And then we see in verse 50, the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, 51. Tell the Israelites, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, you must drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you, destroy all their stone images and cast images, and demolish all their high places. You are to take possession of the land and settle in it, because I have given uh, you the land to possess. In verse 55, but if you don't drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, those you allow to remain will become barbed for your eyes and thorns for your sides, and they will harass you in the land um, where you live. And verse 56, and what I had planned to do to them, I will do to you. If you don't drive them out, if you don't do everything I'm telling you to do, then what I plan for them is going to be your portion. And so make sure you do it. And so uh, if we go on to chapter 35, we can't forget the, the, the Levites here. No, well, chapter 34, the Lord outlines the boundaries of the promised land so that the, the, the Israelites know where they're bound. In chapter 35, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses and he t- spoke to him uh, about the Israelites and the, uh, excuse me, about the Levites. And the Israelites were to give the Levites a portion of their inheritance for the Levites because the Lord is watching over the Levites uh, to take care of them. And so we see that the Levites are taken care of because they will receive a portion of the land that is inherited by the Israelites. And um, and then uh, in in chapter 36, uh, it goes into the inheritance of some daughters. I don't really understand what the purpose of chapter 36 is. I gotta, I gotta be honest. And so you read through it and you determine for yourself. And with that, we are finished with numbers. And tomorrow we will start in Deuteronomy, which will be the final book of the Pentateuch. So we will see you tomorrow. Take care.